0: Welcome to the Authors Who Lead podcast. This podcast is dedicated to you, people who want to be inspired by authors, leaders, and the messages they share. This is such an important podcast to us because we help uncover what goes on behind the scenes when authors are writing their book. We talk about the process. We talk about where they get big ideas, and you can listen in on those conversations. We can't wait for you to join us. So let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode to Authors Who Lead. Today we have some pretty amazing guests. These are all five kids that have been part of writing a book. They're sons and daughters of healthy food bloggers who came together to publish a cookbook by kids and for kids. And they're all ages between 11 and 14. And they come from all over the globe. In some regards, they're California, Michigan, Florida, British Columbia, different places. And the book Chef Junior is expected to get published here later in the year. And we're super thrilled to have these amazing young people here. The authors of the book, Paul, Katie, and Will, and Abby are all here with us. And Tony, who also is an author, is not here, but we're going to talk about the process of writing this book and what it means to write your passion into a book, talk about food, why this cookbook came to be. Welcome to the show, everybody. You all can say hi.
1: Hi.
2: Hi.
0: (laughs) Hi. Awesome. Let's start with Will. Will, tell us a little bit about your like introduction. And when you think about what inspired this cookbook to kind of come about, a book for kids. And buy kids.
3: We really wanted to inspire kids to be able to cook too and just feel like they've done something in the kitchen.
0: When you say that, like Abby, wouldn't when you say inspire them to be in the kitchen, why is that important?
2: Well, I think a lot of people graduate high school, they go into college, they go into the world and they don't know how to cook. They don't know how to fend for themselves. But there's also, it's not just cooking. It's the idea when you know how to cook for yourself, you have, you don't have to depend on other people as much. And it's just like an independence factor to growing up, and I think that's really important. We all think it's super important for people to learn
1: how to do.
0: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I'm really curious about like the cooking path because some people I've met people you know who've left the house and had never cooked for themselves. You know, like had never even done simple things like use a sharp knife. Well, tell me a little bit about what parts of the book you guys were assigned to, or that you kind of had an expertise in. What was your expertise besides the recipes? We're going to dive into the recipes in a second here. Uh, What was the focus that you had in contributing to this book?
3: I did meal planning so that you make sure no food goes to waste and you have a plan for the week about where the food is going.
0: That's awesome. And what was the challenge you had in working with that topic in the book?
3: Relating to kids, because sometimes, you know, like the week seems out of their control and making it so it feels personal to them.
0: And what would it be an example to help people understand that? Like the planning part, like planning, what things have to go into the planning to make like the preparation
3: There's several kinds of planning. You could do, you could cook your whole entire week of meals in one day, or you could try to get some recipes, then try to use the different ingredients to make it so you use everything in your fridge.
0: That's incredible. Katie, what types of focus did you have in the book, and and what was your angle? Why did you choose that, or why was that your focus?
4: Mine was. I have a section on substituting for people who have allergies. I've had, I'm gluten free and dairy free and I've had some struggles when there's a recipe I really want to try and you have to figure out is there a way to make this available to you even though it has something you cannot have and I really sometimes felt discouraged that so many other people had to not know how to make something that they would enjoy. And so it was really personal for me to write that chapter because I felt like I was able to open the door to people who previously may have not felt like they could be a part of like a meal that they really wanted to be.
0: That's awesome. And that what a personal connection to the cookbook because that is true. I was looking at some things and I was my daughter's vegetarian. She really has a poor relationship with gluten. So I always have to think of ways like what could I cover that coat that with or what could I do to make this dish that I love that I have to change because I want to enjoy it with her and I don't want her to not enjoy it. So it's great that you have that focus. Paul, what was the focus that you had and what brought you to that focus?
1: I did a chapter on knife skills. My mom does an e-course teaching kids how to cook. And a lot of it is knife skills because I really think that not to trample any other kitchen skills. Knife skills are kind of the first thing you need to learn. People, two-year-olds with a butter knife can be cutting a banana and it really opens the door to a whole like range of cooking skills and stuff that you can make.
0: That's amazing. So when did you start using a knife? When do you recall? I mean, you might have been told you were this old, but when do you remember like, the first time you like had that opportunity?
1: The first time I remember in fourth grade, I made guacamole for a how-to speech and I used a chef's knife to whack the pit out of the avocado. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> so all the adults in the room were like, oh, because it was a chef's knife and I was only in fourth grade. But like, that's the first memory I can recall.
0: Well, that's a great memory. That's a great anchor. Let's go with that. Abby, what was your focus here in this work?
1: My focus was a little bit more generalized.
2: So I was working on showing, uh, teaching how to use the appliances in throughout the book that you might need. So how to use a cheese grater, how to use a blender, how to use a food processor, things like that. And I think it was really important part of the book, but it was a little bit challenging because I don't want to ever explain things in a way that patronizing to kids and makes them seem like they don't understand. But also I wanted to make sure it was simple enough for them, right?
0: That's great. And I think that because it's by kids and for kids that it makes it, you're thinking about the way that a kid would think not like an adult who's trying to write for a kid, which I think is awesome. So let's talk about some of your favorite recipes because of course, now you can't put every recipe you love in in this book because if you did, you know, this book would be volumes. So how did you select your recipes and what is it? What is the recipe that you really love? Uh, Let's start with what recipe in this book did you contribute to and why did you pick it?
3: My favorite recipe, I think, would be the avocado quesadilla. I love quesadillas. It's like my favorite thing to cook. It's so easy and simple and delicious.
0: What is there some special thing in the ingredients or in the preparation that you, you think it makes it stand out?
3: Avocado is all is very good, but I love putting a ton of butter in my recipe. Oh. Butter is the secret
0: ingredient. You yeah you can never Tons have too much
2: butter. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> I agree. Good. I could survive on butter, olive oil, like all the good yeah. fats. I'm like, it makes me happy. <laughs> what about Abby? What, what was your favorite recipe and what stood out to you about it?
2: My favorite recipe was my pesto pasta recipe, I would say. I have this list called the foods of the gods and chocolate is on there. Meringue is on there and pesto was on there. Pesto is the first on the list. It's my favorite food ever. And it's just like creamy and oily and I, I just love it. And I would say that's my favorite. Cheesy. Oh,
0: it's delicious. You know, I haven't had lunch yet, so this is all really difficult for me. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to really take care of that. Paul, let's go with you. What was the recipe that really stood out to you that you contributed to?
1: Uh, My favorite recipe was uh, margarita pizza. So my mom did an interview with a chef and I actually edit her videos. So I got to, I kind of like watched it as I was editing it because it really intrigued me. We actually, we all had to add some more recipes to the book after some of the editing process was done because we didn't have enough. And that was one of mine, totally inspired by that chef. And it's just, it's delicious. Like it has all of the right ingredients to make it good, like cold or warm at lunch, dinner. I mean, I would eat it for breakfast.
0: I love margarita pizza. That's like my favorite pizza. Pepperoni's tough, you know, because I like it, but I can't eat it all the time. But margarita pizza is just divine. Everything fresh and delicious. Okay, Abby. Oh, no, Abby. Sorry, Katie, what's your signature recipe, the one you love?
4: My favorite is probably my Novate cookies because it was one of the first recipes that I actually made for the book and I, my mom didn't even know I was working on it and when I brought her the finished product and she tasted it, it was really inspiring to see how much she loved it because I had done it all by myself and it was one of the things that kept me motivated through the process is knowing that I had made something successful and that my mom loved
0: it. That's fantastic. You know, there's so many people listening here thinking these can't be 11 to 14. It's like, how is this possible? Like, their minds probably being blown right now. And I think so many people underestimate young people. I think they don't think of you as equals and I always knew in the classroom that most kids were smarter than me and it just might as well admit it up front but what is true is you're equals only in the sense that not equals only cuz of years and that's not fair so I really appreciate you guys showing up here we're going to help some adults listening to the show understand how this process works so let's start here well what how did this begin like to collaborate on a book is a lot of work because everyone is doing different things everyone has a different style, different focus. How did you make decisions about like what would go in the book? What would be the work it would be done? Help us understand that process a little bit.
3: Well, it all really started down, our parents all meet up and talk together and put their ideas together. And we thought one time it would be exciting or fun to try to start our own cookbook. And really it's like our own group ideas that we just pull together and try to make something happen.
0: That's great. Abby, what would you add to that?
2: I would say the first thing we did, we didn't even think about specifically making cookbook until maybe three recipes into making things as a group. We started making things for the adults of the group because we were just bored and they had things to do. We were like, let's cook. And we were like, what's one thing that adults love? Coffee. So (laughs) we started making coffee, everything. We made coffee, chocolate, coffee, pancakes. I think one more coffee thing as well. Oh, coffee, like French toast or something. And then one of the moms, she was like, you guys should make a cookbook. And we were like, haha, yeah, right. And then a little while later, they're like, yeah, you got a cookbook deal. We're like, okay, then.
0: Awesome. We're doing this. (laughs) That's awesome. What would you say, Katie, was one of the challenges you guys had as a team contributing to one book?
4: One of the challenges was we had overlapping recipes and when we had maybe worked really hard on a recipe and thought it was really good and then there would be someone that was either completely the same or too close, we would have to get rid of it. And that was sometimes disappointing. But one of the good things about it was we had learned so much already. And even though we were disappointed we had to let go of it, it was nice because we were able to then exploit new recipes we could make and think more detail into it since we had already worked on so many.
0: No, that's a great point that when you're contributing, you have to have sometimes you're like, well, I have to let go of this because... Someone else is doing that or their idea might be a little bit more thought through. That can be a bit of a challenge. Paul, what was the challenge for you in this process? Like what came up for you that I thought was more difficult than you imagined?
1: I actually had a little bit of trouble thinking up enough recipes at some points. They came to me eventually, but like at one time, if I had to like sit down, and try to think of a recipe because I didn't have as much as I should have, that was my brain couldn't figure out the right recipe.
0: It's like when someone says, hey, think, you're like, I'm not thinking right now. That makes a lot of sense. So you got this book deal, which there are people out there listening, going, how did these kids get a book deal? Well, you have really some parents and you have really amazing life where you get to create the life that you want. How do you feel like when you compare, like you three or so the four of you here and the five that wrote the book together, you all probably think your life's pretty normal. Other people sitting there in the classrooms doing this, like having to do work, they're wondering why they can't do cool things like this. What do your peers say who, who aren't in this small group that you have, this foodie group that you created with yourselves? What do they think about this work? Like when you said to your friends, oh yeah, I'm publishing a book. I uh, mean, what, like, what was their reaction or what have they said?
2: Most of them, actually, I haven't met anyone that doesn't think us crazy. All my friends are like, what? How on earth are you making, writing a book? How did you publish it? And yeah, it's really weird for them, but I think it's not about how special we are or something like that. Something that we have that other people don't. It's about, well, first of all, the people we know, which is all life, but it's also about just the passion. And I think anybody can have passion. So it's what you decide to make of it. And if you have enough of it, then you can do anything.
0: Well, what was your reaction the first time you saw the book up on Amazon? You're like, this is a real thing. Oh my gosh, what is this? I can't believe this. What was your reaction?
2: It was crazy,
3: especially when we saw the dock with all our recipes and everything on it. Like It would take hours to load and we were just standing there like, oh my God, we have done this. This is crazy. We put a ton of work in it, but the fact that it actually got like that it was there, it was like a shock to all of us, I think.
0: Yeah. Katie, what was your response when you saw like it becoming real?
4: Well, when my parents, when it came out on Amazon, I actually had no idea. And my mom and dad took me out on the back porch and mom was holding her computer with a hand over it, like there was something she wasn't showing me just yet. And then all of a sudden she flips it around and I see Chef Junior, which is the name of it, just on an Amazon page where I, and on Amazon, we get so much stuff from Amazon. And my book is on there. And I go to look at the name of the authors and my name is there and my friends' names are there. And it was just so amazing because the segment of my imagination, the thing that I thought would maybe never happen was right there on the page where so many people could see it. It was truly an amazing, amazing
1: experience.
0: That's awesome. Paul, i you the same thing. What was that like?
1: I thought, I mean, I knew it was real. Like, it was happening once they sent the files to the printer and stuff. But it was, there wasn't any, like, tangible evidence of that, really. When I got to see it on Amazon, it was like, hmm, I'm about to have a published book. That's pretty cool. It was just, oh, right. it became so much more real.
0: And let's talk about this. So you're going to be published authors. I don't think there will ever be a reason for you to worry about creating in resume or you know for any sort of application. You just go, well, I don't know. I think I could do this work. Here's my book. Let me know what you think. Your calling card is just your book. You know, you're a published author. I want you to understand this. The percentage of you Americans, and we'll just use America because it's a generalization, North America, 81% of people say, I'd like to write a book. They're listening into this podcast probably thought I'd like to write a book, but only a very small percentage, less 3% or less actually ever finish a manuscript, ever get through the process of writing. So you're amongst a very small percentage of the population that actually gets there. And of those that small 3%, only 30% of that. So we're talking about a fraction of 1% ever hit publish. So you are among the elite way more than it is to get into elite school or do different things like a ranking in some category. You are amongst the most top parts of percentages of both adult and young people in the world. So I want to just recognize you and tell you how proud that you are to us that are watching and observing. And I'm sure your parents are really proud as well. So let's talk about one more part here before we move on. I want to know now that you've written a book. This might have been like, "Yep, love it." I'm going to do another one. Might have other ideas, or this might have been like, "Yo, this was awesome, but that was it." I have other things I'm more interested in. But I'm just curious because people are probably curious too. Some people have a book in them. Some people have many, and maybe there's a different topic that you're now curious to, part, to be a part of. Well, let's start. You will? Will you write more books?
3: I don't know if I'll write more books, but I certainly would want to, and I have more ideas for more books. I love the dystopian genre, so even if it's not cookbook books, I feel like I could continue writing and just try to find more that I could express myself in.
0: Absolutely, you could definitely be a dystopian author. We need more great dystopian work. It's one of my favorite genres as well. Abby, what about you? Will you tackle another book in the future?
2: Yeah, and actually, I love the dystopian genre as well. I've just finished the first draft of my first dystopian novel. So I hope to publish that sometime soon. It's definitely a dream of mine to be
4: an author.
0: That's awesome. I mean, you are. The yeah. dreams come true. <laughs> Here we go. Right? Katie, do you think this inspired you to want to write more books?
4: Definitely. I have always loved fiction. I'm a total, I love reading. And before cookbook became a real thing, I had some ideas and I, I just, like many people in America, I didn't know if I had it in me to do it. And now that I've done this, I really felt like I can. And so I've been spending as much time as I can where I'm actually writing a book right now. And it is just amazing because I used to be one of those people that thought that I just couldn't do it. I'd like to do it, but I didn't think it would ever happen. And since I've had my parents to encourage me, I mean, everyone that was there. And I think that this experience has really made it more real to me to. That I can truly be whoever I want to be, and so can everyone
0: else. That's incredible, Paul. I'll leave it to you as well. Will this be the the first and final, or will there be more books in your future?
1: Never really thought about this. I mean i I liked the experience of writing a book. It was definitely a lot of work, but i I would be up to do it again. I, me and my school friends, like write a bunch together. We actually do a bunch of like fantasy Google documents where we start something a lot of times they're like one and a half chapters and then we go on to a new idea, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. so yeah, no, that's possible. great. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the point. Like the possibilities can go from here. What I observed is that I wish that more places of teaching, whether it's in a school, I'm a school because that's my, where I did a lot of my time, did time. Like it was some sort of prison, did my time uh, just like young people. But what I observed is, They don't treat you like an author. They treat you like, here, you got to learn this and write this. And maybe you might like the topic if you're lucky, but for the most part, you're like writing stuff that doesn't matter to you. And wouldn't it be cool if the very first things that you started to share with the world were all things you cared about, that you you got a chance to collaborate on a book. Then you had a chance to write nonfiction or fiction. You had a chance to do publish your work and be treated like an author and have rounds of edits and go through the editing process and understand what it takes to make this book. If that's what you got when you came out of your English class, let's say, or language arts, that you finished x, you know, twelve books in twelve years because you really were part, I think your experience would change, your confidence would shift, and you realize you're you're really valuable to the world. And I, I really appreciate that you guys are, are taking this on and that you're serving people, especially young people who who really probably would love to cook and um, don't know anything about it. So let's give that. We're gonna go one last thing here. We're gonna. We're going to give advice to people out there who are thinking that maybe they want to write a book, whether they're 11 or they're 99, that you would give them now after being you know, published authors, which is pretty amazing, that you would share, like you have to kind of give them some advice. What would the one piece of advice that you would give them? So you're going to just take a second to think about that and then we'll kind of go through it. Let's start with you, Abby. What's the one piece of advice you give someone who's thinking about writing a book, whether they're young or old, now that you get to look back?
2: The one piece of advice I would give someone would be just start. It doesn't matter if your idea is perfect. It doesn't matter if you have experience. It doesn't matter if you're great at grammar. Because if you keep making excuses for yourself, then you're never going to start. And your dream will never come true. So just start. And if your book is awful, at least you have got some words on the page. And then you can fix it. And then you can go from there. But yeah.
0: Just start. That's great advice. Oh, you will, what's your piece of advice?
2: Never get
3: discouraged. There's always somebody out there that wants to hear you and your voice and what you think, you know? Yeah. Like when I started, I was, when we started this book, I was like, really? People are going to buy this? But now I realize yeah, we put together something that people want and it's valuable.
0: Yeah. I was thinking about what recipe I was going to make when I was looking through the book. I was like, oh, those are pretty good. So, yeah, it's very valuable. What about you, Katie? What's the piece of advice you'd give somebody who's thinking about writing a book but hasn't yet had the courage to start?
4: I would say learn from your mistakes because if you do it, Abby said, and if you start and if you keep your mind to it, you, like she said, you may come out with something awful, but what you have to do from that, you have to learn from it, not just let it discourage you, but let it be more as a first draft and you think, Okay, so this is maybe where I'm at. And then envision a book that someone else, someone else you, you respect, has written, and think I can get to there if I do my best and if I keep learning from my mistakes, I can make it, and I will make it as long as I keep trying my best. Because that's awesome. all you can give.
0: Great advice. Now we're gonna give Paul, give you a chance. We had given you a chance. To think what's what's a piece of advice you give a reluctant writer or somebody who's thinking maybe. They'd like to start a book.
1: I would say um, share it with people. So, like, let people give you advice and let them help you make it better. So, like, for our book, we had some recipe testers from my mom's e-course, and they, some of them, provided some really useful advice that I think made the recipes better overall.
0: Great. So, get early input on your book. Don't think you can't share what's going on in your book. Well, this has been an incredible conversation with some amazing authors. I look forward to having you back on my show when every, either of you finish a book. You want to come talk on the podcast about your book. We'll talk about it. We'll share about it. We'll dive into that so you have that open invitation. I want everyone out there to be inspired by your work. Make sure they go get Chef Junior. If you have a kid or not, it's a great book. It should be inspiration. You can find it uh, available already on pre-sale, I think on Amazon, and also we'll allow you to share it in other places, in the show notes, we're going to share how to get get in contact with you. So there's a lot of people out there who are gonna follow your journey and see where this goes from here. It's been such a pleasure having you and we'll do something that called the final word. That means you have one word that you get to share, just one single word that kind of sums up our conversation today. All right. I'll go first to give you a chance to think. My one word is inspired. <laughs> Will what's your one word?
3: Honesty. Be honest when you're with yourself when you're writing.
0: Awesome. Abby.
2: My one word is grateful.
0: Great. Katie.
4: Minus belief.
0: And Paul, your one word.
4: Speechless.
0: Speechless? (laughs) Perfect. That was the best word of the day. (laughs) Thank you all so much. I appreciate you. And I wish you the best of luck. And I can't wait to get my copy.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening again to another episode of Authors Who Lead. We appreciate you being here, and we hope you subscribe so you get this delivered to your device every week. And if you haven't left us a review, please do so. It really helps. And if you have a book in your heart, you've been wanting to write a book, please go to authorswholead.com and join us on this journey of becoming a published author.